So I had a dream that people were ripping my podcast a new asshole online. It was an awful dream. It was like a nightmare. It was a nightmare, Genji. <laughs> So I went for a COVID test last week and that's like equivalent to like a modern day concert now with COVID and stuff. It's like the only time I'm really around a bunch of people and waiting on a line. So that gave me a little bit of nostalgia. Hmm. And listen to this. I was going to go, the reason I was going to go was because I had a friend that lost taste and smell. So I got nervous right away and I said, you know, let me just make sure. So I called like the urgent place. Uh, Because they're supposed to take you, anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere, anytime. So I called them and they're like, oh yeah, it's about an hour wait. And I said, no way, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wait an hour for a test. So then I went the next morning and I said, I'll go when they open. I got there five minutes after they opened and the line was around the place, the entire place. It's like a complex, like a shopping complex. And I was like, this can't be that bad. You know, they probably have like doctors ready to swab people, you know, because that's what these people are here for. So. Mastubres. Fabrice goes goes to get tested mind you this was last week so this is we're on the cusp of winter winter is here winter is uh is hanging around the back alley you know winter's like um that little stack of money with the googly eyes and the geico commercials i always feel like somebody's watching me and i got no privacy but winter doesn't care winter's not like stalking you winter's right there like you know winter's behind you wearing a dark hoodie so where was I even going oh yeah so this was like last week and it's cold out it's really cold but like I said I was going in the morning I thought I was going to be in and out the line was already around the corner so and I I I had to go back to work so I was like I need to get tested and that's it so I didn't have a choice I was going to go back home I was looking for any excuse to go back home like there was a McDonald's across the street and those golden arches man it was calling me over for the pancakes and I was really close to just getting pancakes and going home But I said, Mary Grace, like you have a family and you can't be messing around with this. So I stayed online and it starts to rain. And back to what I was saying, because I don't like winter. Of course, it exists for me, but it's not not that it's not serious. But ever since I was a child, like, you know, you probably heard that rumor like white people don't get cold. And that was me for probably 20 years of my life like I never I was infamous in school for never wearing a coat never wearing a jacket even when it was snowing only my school sweater um not because I didn't have a jacket just because I didn't I didn't want to and I didn't get cold like that like I was fine and I would tell people white people don't get cold like that and it's not really true because I know a ton of white people in my family that get cold uh, extremely easily but I never did so I thought it was like you know my jeans or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, um, I never really got cold like that until recently. Now I'm like an old person and I get cold like immediately. 
So, but if I if I don't have to wear a jacket or wear non-open-toed shoes, you're going to catch me wearing those things. That's what I'm trying to say here. So, and I didn't think it was going to rain. I'd never check the forecast before I do anything. I just live my life and see what happens. It's like, you know, uh, a game of, of dice. Of um, snakes, snakes and snakes and stairs from Spongebob. It's like that. So... I wore just a hoodie and Nike sandals, but with no socks. So it started to rain and it was really brisk out. And I ended up standing online for not one hour, not two hours, not three hours, three hours. Yes, it was three hours, not, not, not three hours, but it was three hours. And by the time I got into the urgent place, I couldn't feel my feet. And I could have wrung out my sweatshirt where water would have came out. And then I was in the waiting room for two hours and I slept the entire time. I almost missed my name. So I got tested and I don't have the COVID. So that's great. That's great. Um, uh, blessed for that because it's a scary thing. But what a... It was an all-day event. It was an all-day event. Yeah, and there was also some, like, kids in there not wearing masks. You know, I mean, if your kid's coughing, you you gotta put a mask on them. You gotta. And it wasn't a baby. Like, I understand babies, of course, because they, they don't even know how to breathe yet, really. So you can't put a mask on them. But, I mean, if your child's, like, six or seven, there's no excuse. And they should they should be wearing one for their health as well. But there was a kid yakking right next to me. And I was like, but excuse me, you know? So, um... But yeah, that was uh, that's the closest thing to a concert as you're going to get. Standing on a line. Talking to people occasionally. Moving your feet back and forth. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get. But really, when things open up, one of my main goals, and this says a lot about my life, but one of my main goals is to crowd surf. Like, I'm going to make it happen. Because being, you know, just working and being in my house, it makes me realize, I was going to say what's truly important, but that's not what's truly important. I just mean like, I've always wanted to do that and there's no holding back now. When things open up again, I'm going to do what I want. And not in like a, a selfish way that sounds like I'm going to do what I want. No, but just like I'm going to do, if I want to do something, I'm not going to be like reserved about it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to be... I'm not going to be nervous about doing things that make me happy or doing things that excite me. I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll do it next time. I'm just going to do it because you never know when the next time is going to be. You truly don't. So if you want to do something, you want to do something that makes you happy, you want to say something to somebody, you want to just do things that allow you to have fun, do it. Because you never know when you're going to get that chance. So as soon as things open up, crowd surfing it is. And I'm just going to have, you know, my one... I, I usually go with one or two people. So I'm going to make them, you know... I usually go with, like, girls. So I don't think they're going to be able to hold me up. But I'll just make them get into the position of holding me up. And then ask somebody, like, a guy for help. And he can, like, like help lift me up as, lift me up as well. And I'm just going to say, put me in any direction. And just see what happens. 
And even if it only lasts a short time, because like, honestly, somebody's going to end up like, I know when I used to do it back in the day, be at concerts, not do crowd surfing. If some guy was being crowd surfed, I would not put my hands up. I would like completely go against it. I would be like resisting it. Like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to carry this 200 pound guy over my head. I'm not going to do it. So I would like move away because I don't want like if he's going to fall and I'm responsible for it, I'm not going to have him fall on me. Like, you mean to tell me somebody's going to pass this 200-pound man to me? So I would just get out of the way. I'd be like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, not that you shouldn't be doing that, but it's like, you know, not to me. I'm not going to be able to hold you, so I'm not even going to try so you can collapse on top of me and roll over me and then walk away. So, like I, like I was saying, if it happens and I only it only lasts for a few minutes and they just drop me, somebody just drops me, it'll be worth it. But I would just love to see where I end up. Uh, and... It just probably feels amazing. I couldn't imagine multiple people holding me up. I think that just sounds like an amazing time and I've always wanted to do it. So I just never like felt like there was a right opportunity for it, but I'm going to make an opportunity for it. I try to get my family to do it and my coworkers and they, everybody said no. That was like one of my birthday wishes and that also got shut down. So I'm just going to, like I said, I'm just going to get some random people and my friends to pick me up and just see how it goes. I also want to do it at my graduation, but that, you know, people would have scattered. And when I uh, was getting the test, I told the lady, I was like, hey, is this going to hurt? Like, because I've heard rumors and I've seen things. And she was like, no, you know, I was terrified of brain fluid coming out because I've heard of that, that people have gone so deep up there that brain fluid comes out. And I said, my brain fluid's not going to come out, right? And then she's like, no, don't worry, I'll be easy or whatever. And she was good. I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was uncomfortable. And it feels like, you know, when you choke on water when you're swimming, how it goes through your nose, that's how it felt. And I've done that many times. Because for some reason, I can't hold my breath underwater. And I know people are like, you can't hold your breath underwater. But you know what I mean, okay? Hold your nose where water doesn't go in. I always go in with confidence and I always come out with water coming out of my nose. And it felt like that for like the whole day. So it wasn't fun, but had to do my due diligence, you know? I remember in high school, no, it was grammar school, kids used to snort Smarties, like bumps of Smarties. They used to crush them up put them in a little line and snort them. And I never did it in grammar school because, you know, I was one of those dare kids, like no to drugs. I remember I even won this, there was a contest. It was like a dare contest. It was who can make the, like, um, the next anti-drug poster. And they were going to choose one from the class. And I did one and it was like a, a guy wearing like a like a backwards hat and it was the guy with the backwards hat and there was like a, a word bubble and it said yo you want some of this and he had drugs in his hand and I drew like a kid with a word bubble saying no thanks and I won I won I was so happy, ecstatic, and I won a $25 
check and my parents lost it or they kept it or they bought me McDonald's with it. I don't remember fully, but yeah, I was one of those kids and I was not snorting the Smarties. But yeah, they would break them up because Snorties, Snorties. (laughs) Uh, Snorties, uh, Smarties taste like shit. So, I mean, I don't blame the kids for snorting them because they're so awful. It's like chalk, really. And the kids would, would hit, you know, punch them on the table and it would become like, you know, the powder and they would start snorting them. And they're like, you want some? And I'm like, no, thanks. Like, literally, I, I enacted out the poster before the poster was made. And if you're going to snort candy, like, you know, I've never snorted anything in my life, only soda. And that's not fun. It's actually awful. And I mean, if you're going to snort a candy, you know, Smarties, I guess because you don't want to, you don't want to taste it. You want to get that straight sugar, that, that straight booger sugar to your, to your cranium, you know, but actual sugar. You know, if I'm going to snort a candy, it's not going to be Smarties. Though, whenever I got those, those went right in the trash. Um, whenever I got them in my candy bag for Halloween or whenever somebody gave them to me for fun, because if anybody ever gives you candy, whether it be like your dentist or your doctor, it's always Smarties or your grandmother, it's always Smarties because nobody wants those and they're always cheap and they're disgusting. But if I'm going to snort a candy, you know, I'll do sweet tarts because those sweet tarts are delicious. And I think I'm going to try that. Maybe I'll film it. Maybe I'll, I'll do it for, do it for the pod, you know, do it for the pod, do it for the pod. You know, I'll just, I'll do, I'll do that. You know, the, this podcast is pushing me into a very dark realm, but I think, I think that would be great. So maybe I'll do that for content. Yeah, if there's like no crazy side effects like mesothelioma or chronic back pain, I'll I'll do it maybe on like a the podcast Instagram, maybe like a live. And you guys could see in real time what happens. Because I don't know many people who have snorted sweet tarts, so we'll see what happens. But if I, I'm going to Google it tonight and if there's no... You know, your scoliosis becomes more S-shaped or something like that. If there's no really bad consequences, then I'll do it. I'll do it live. She's doing it live. So I'll do that. I think that sounds like a really fun time. And also, I am, I'm, believe it or not, I'm a published poet. Also in grammar school, we had like a poetry contest and... Everybody submitted something everybody had to from our class and I submitted like starlight, star bright. Will you shine bright in my window tonight? And it was something amazing like that. Just beautiful poetry. I have to find that book and I'll recite it on this podcast. And I got chosen to be published in a book, a poetry book, and I got published. So you are not only listening to Mary Grace Dupree the comedian, the podcaster, but also the poet three peas. Remember on last week's episode how I was talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween and it would be great if Michael Myers and her actually got along because she's a representative for anal health and Activia. Activia! And that he could have a physical issue with his bowels. And they could finally be on the same page. 
But also I was talking about, you know, it would just, it would probably work if she died. Not in real life. In the movie. Like, it would be interesting because you're so used to him dying and then coming back to life that it would be interesting if she goes. And then I, my father was listening to my podcast and he said, you know, that would be cool if she dies from natural causes in the movie. And I was like, hey, that's ridiculous. And then I, I sat there and I thought about it and I said, you know, that would be awesome. If she were to die in the movie and it had nothing to do with Michael Myers, just like some kind of, it really would be ironic if it was like an anal issue. Only in the movie here, because, you know, I, I feel weird saying that, but like wishing death on a fictional Jamie Lee Curtis character in Halloween. But I mean, really, if she just died from natural causes, because she's older now. She's older now. So if she really died from natural causes in the movie, it would be like, whoa, she dies, not Michael Myers, and she doesn't die because of Michael Myers. Like, that's, that's gold, really. That's gold, really. And then, spoiler alert, my dad told me she already died in one of the movies. So, you know what? She also is alive again. So why don't we just kill her again? All in the movie, people. All in the movie. But, you know, and you, you thought Michael Myers was the only one that came back to life eight times. She died already once in the movies. So, this is just... You know, when will it end? Because I love the original Halloween. But, I mean... He can't just keep living on. Even if he's some kind of demonic presence or whatever he really is. Something has to end it. And the fact that the police haven't gotten involved yet and Jamie Lee Curtis is actually going after him as a 75-year-old woman. Come on. You know, like, I can I can lend my imagination and my mind to a movie, but if you're just going to do that... I was going to say I'm just not going to go see the movie, but you know I'm going to see the movie. You know it. But they, they should do something crazy, you know, like that. Something that's just not linear to the story that they've told eight times. Speaking of Halloween, boo. I was Jules from Euphoria. I mentioned in my last podcast, I absolutely love the show. And then I was going to be a character from a show that I loved. Not much of a hint, but I was Jules. And my other friend was Rue. We did the glitter tears. And my friend wore like a trench coat and I wore like neon colored clothing and it came out really nice. Like I had a really difficult time making the tears and I'm very anal about things. Activian. Yeah, I'm very anal about things. So if things aren't like perfect, I have to like, and I know like perfect doesn't exist, but I mean, if it's not the way I want it, I'm going to keep working on it until I'm satisfied with it. So I did redid those tears like probably 20 times for it to look correct because I wanted to do this for Halloween for a long time. And I was like, come on, Mary, if this doesn't even look correct, you're just going to look like.
like I was crying or something. I don't know. Just like there was times it was just like, what is this look here? So I had to fix it up and I did and I loved it. The pictures on my Instagram, if you want to see it. I straightened my hair. It, it was a really cute look and I was really excited and I'm really happy about how it came out. So I posted a picture of me in the Euphoria makeup on my Instagram and then I posted a video of me dancing in the hot dog suit to show me love. And I was coming out of a bathroom stall in college on the podcast page and I got so much more love on the hot dog costume. Me dancing to show me love in the hot dog costume. People were way more receptive to that than my Euphoria look. So... That makes me happy that people would rather see me in a hot dog suit than as myself, really. I mean, I guess not happy, but actually maybe it makes me sad because people would rather see me in a hot dog suit than see me for who I really am. I'm more than just the hot dog suit. I went to see Beetlejuice at a drive-in mall. It was the mall and they slapped a projector on the side of the mall and that was really cool. I love the scene in Beetlejuice when they're all having dinner and they start dancing to de mi sede mi sede mi sede like come and me one go home. I love that. I look forward to that the whole movie and I was thinking, you know, I wish I danced like that and then I realized I do dance like that in real life. I don't have to wish. I do dance like that in real life. And then I realize, wow, I dance like people that are supposedly possessed in a movie. That's what I dance like in real life. So maybe it's not something I should have wished for. Because it's reality. It's reality. If you know me, you know what it is. And I also love at the end. Jump in the line. Move your body and shine. Okay. I believe you. Jump in the line. I love that. I'm like those are my two favorite parts of the movie. And I also dance like that too. It's just like a lot of hand movements for me. A lot of hands and neck. Because the lower part of my body. There's not much to rely on. You know. The hips have always, it's always been a struggle. It's always just been the whole bottom of my body moving. And then, you know, I told my sister, like, my ass is getting fat. Like, I have a fat ass. And she's like, no, you don't. You have a fat ass, but with an L, a flat ass. And then she says, I have a pancake ass. But that terrifies me because I actually knew somebody with a pancake ass. And I just don't, I don't want that kind of reputation, you know. As long as it's not straight down, I don't mind. It is what it is. And, um, yep, sorry to share that, but I mean, it's my truth, so I have to speak it on my podcast. I, you know, if something comes to my mind and I want to say it, you know, and, and I want to delete things, it's like, no, you know, these people need to know. This is important information. And I remember my cousin, my little baby cousin, he was like maybe four, no, probably, probably three, and he was calling me fat. And I was like, hey, you know, don't call me that. That's not nice. And he's like, no, I'm not calling you fat. I'm calling you P-H-A-T, fat. And I was like, 
you know what? That's okay. Because fat, F-A-T, is, you know, fat. And it is what it is. But P-H-A-T means you're cool as hell. And the fact that my cousin was calling me fat, P-H-A-T, now that rocks. And you can call me P-H-A-T fat anytime. Like if I get something tattooed on my face, that's what's going to be P-H-A-T. Or if I get like grills or like a chain, it's going to be P-H-A-T. So if somebody wants to get me an early Christmas gift, this is your chance. And then we went to a sad bar after. And what really upset me was that, like, on their social media, they said that they were going to have, like, a Halloween kind of, like, party there. And when we went, I saw that they deleted their story. And not not a soul was dressed up. So I had glitter tears and everybody looked like it was a normal day and I'm in there eating chicken wings with glitter tears. And there was no DJ, there was no festivities, there was no pumpkins, there was no spooky music, there was no bartenders dressed as Mickey Mouse or a Ghostbuster, none of that. And I'm sitting there eating cake, cake with glitter tears. My sister and my dad tell me I should be Kelly Clarkson for Halloween because she's my supposed doppelganger. Like, my sister says I should just be myself, dress up as myself, and walk around New York City and tell people I'm Kelly Clarkson. Because they think the resemblance is that strong. And in the beginning, I was like, no. No, she doesn't. I was very against the idea of looking like Kelly Clarkson. And it's nothing to do with Kelly Clarkson. I think she's a beautiful woman. I just don't like being compared to anybody, like, look-wise. Not that I don't like it. It's just like, okay, like, what am I going to do with that information? But... Honestly, true story, true life, I look exactly like Kelly Clarkson. Like, she looks like she could be my older sister, really. And that's that's cool. Like I said, I think she's beautiful. But, yeah, they want me to go to New York City and then see if people think... And I, like, literally, if I had, like, a guy dressed in all black and wear, like, shades and, you know, have it, like, he was security for me, people would be like, that's Kelly Clarkson. Oh, my God, it's Kelly Clarkson. It's Kelly Clarkson. And I would be like... Make a wish and break away. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. Do what it takes till I touch the sky. I'm gonna, you know, with this voice, it's like, wow, you know, that's really Kelly Clarkson. I got the looks and the voice. And I knew this one girl, she would call me Kelly and she thought my name was Kelly for some time because I look like Kelly Clarkson. And this one guy at church used to call me Kelly all the time. Kelly Clarkson. Yep. Yep. This is my life, and I'm living it in the shadow of Kelly Clarkson. This brings up the iconic story. I have to say it again. I said it earlier in one of my podcasts, but it's just a story that needs to be heard by as many people as possible. So, I'll never forget, in high school, they had, like, dare people come in, and it was for drunk driving. And we had a speaker, and they told us a a really awful story and they said we want you to promise you'll never drive drunk and the guy was like raise your hand if you'll never drive drunk and like I raised my hand uh, you know that I won't drive drunk and then other people didn't and I was like hey you know that's that's awful you know this guy just told us a story 
and people didn't and so there already wasn't a great reception and the guy was like yeah and we're gonna send you all home with paperwork with pledges and if you get this many pledges and you have more than any other school in your county you'll have kelly clarkson come to your school and do a performance and i got excited and i was like and then i realized like nobody else was enthused at all and then my clap went to a Because I was the only white kid at my school. So, I mean, you know, the most, of the most of the other kids were, like, black and Spanish. And they just did not, they did not care for Kelly. They did not. So, I did, like, a slow, it was just a slow clap till it just dissipated into silence. And I just wonder how many people got that petition signed. I don't think many. I knew with the amount of claps that there was no way we were going to get Kelly Clarkson at our school. You know, the most I was getting was a free t-shirt that day. And I did. A little update. I know I keep saying I'm going to be on a diet. But today I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and got 20 wings. Because it's buy one, get one. So I had to splurge. I had to go all out, so I did. But then I said to myself, hey Mary, like, you know, it's the end of the week. You enjoyed yourself, now it's time to be serious. So, starting next week, for real. I know I've been saying this for weeks. That I'm going to start eating healthy and, you know, tossing milk gallons around my house and jumping up and down in my backyard and picking up heavy objects and running around the corner and back. So I'm going to do some of those exercises, some home exercises. And I'm going to start eating healthy. I already put salad and, like, pitas and, like, low-fat mayonnaise and crackers and string beans on my list for groceries so yay yeah yeah yes that's gonna be great just trying to keep keep the enthusiastic happy train going here you know because one little pebble in the one little pebble in the railroad track i get very 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 disoriented very Very, what is the word I'm looking for here, man? I was on a really good roll. Um, a roll. I'll miss those. I get very, I'm very easily swayed when it comes to food, really. I mean, I have very strong morals and I have, you know, there's things I live by. I'm a very ethical person. And I think, you know, integrity is very important. But when it comes to food, I get a little... This is the perfect time for disoriented. I get a little disoriented. You know, my judgment becomes a little cloudy. So like I said, you know, one little stone gets into the railroad tracks. I'm going to, you know, go the other way. But it was said that, you know, I realized that Buffalo Wild Wings that... Water is the only thing that is keeping me from becoming morbidly obese. Like Norbit. That, that's awesome, Norbit. Keeping me from becoming morbidly obese. Really. Like, water is is the only thing that's, you know, holding the line for me. 
But yes, next week is the week. So. I saw Gail King did like a soup diet. Maybe I'll, I would love to do a soup diet. So maybe I'll do that. But. You know, she probably has like chefs in the kitchen making her low fat soup or something. So. And soup is really. Like I hate to say it. Any liquid can't be a meal. Like fight me on it. If it's liquid it can't be a meal. So that's that's my take on that. And like if I'm going to have soup and make that my dinner. You know I have to bring out the bread. You know I'm going to have to be dipping that in the soup. There's no other way. There's no other way possible for me. So New Jersey made weed legal. And that's crazy. And I know a lot of weedies. I know a lot of pot potheeds. Potheeds. I know a lot of potheads. So they're very happy. And I voted for it. Yes. I I don't smoke. I don't care for it. I don't I don't like the feeling. I don't like how my lungs feel. Cigarette so c- cigarette soak. Cigarette smoke makes me feel like I'm going to die really. So I, I don't I don't smoke. I'm not re- I'm not into it. But honestly, in my opinion, it's so much less dangerous than cigarettes. Those are deadly. I mean, that will just in time like destroy your health. And then alcohol, you become completely disoriented and inebriated. And you can't even stand up straight sometimes on alcohol. And like weed is, you know, also you shouldn't be using heavy machinery or doing anything like that, of course. But I mean, compared to alcohol, I think it's much less dangerous. So that's cool. And then you have, you know, less weed dealers on the street because I I see that all the time, nonstop on my block. There's always people selling weed, smoking it. Me walking through clouds of weed smoke, becoming secondhand high. You know, I don't love that. My dog, you know, walking through it. I don't like that. So, that's good. And I'm, you know, if you're going to smoke, you know, smoke safely. I wish I knew a herb so I could say. Oh, I do know a herb, actually. Herb. How the heck do you say the... How the hell do you say the name herb? Hey, herb. Hey. Hey, parsley. But, you know, I always wanted to say... I, I do know a herb, too. Should I, I should have said him. I should have said him. I, well, his name is Herbie. But I, I should have called him... I always wanted to say Herbie Herb who smokes the herb and I never said it to him and I regret it because I don't I don't see him anymore but yeah if you know if you're gonna smoke that dank that that ganja that ganja that skunk that that stank let me look up some other words for weed. Because there's other ones, and apparently I can't remember them. Slang terms for weed. Let's see. Oh, addiction. Addiction to weed. That's the first thing that comes up. Let's see. Oh, that kush. Kush. Cannabis. Marijuana. Marijuana. Pot. Mary Jane. Dope. Chronic. Dank. Dank. Dank is probably my favorite. I like dank. But, yeah, you know. Smoke it up. 420. 420, blaze it. So, I remember uh, in college we did a 
video, a, a, a comedy skit where it was me and a few other friends and we pretended that we were like for the school's anti-weed organization and we were telling people at school like you know are you for the legalization of it and I remember I went up to this one group of girls and I was like have you ever heard of uh the cannababy epidemic and the girl and I completely made this up I completely made it up and the whole premise was that like if you smoke a ton of weed as you know a pregnant mother that the child can come out permanently high and I love it I just I just asked this girl I said did you ever hear of the cannababy epidemic and she was like um isn't that when the baby comes out high because of the parent and wait I'm gonna get this so you can hear it because it's fantastic have you ever heard of the cannababy epidemic no, I haven't. It's when two people that smoke a lot of weed have a child, and the child comes out with side effects of a person that smokes weed. Oh, boy. That's not good. And then the baby has to smoke weed to survive. Like, it's in their bloodstream forever. Huh. Have you guys ever heard of cannababy syndrome? Is that, isn't that where, like, someone that smokes weed a lot and they have a um, baby, that they get addicted to weed? Absolutely. And that group of girls were, like, terrified of me, really. So I'll put the link for that. I'm going to try to put that in the show notes so you can check it out. That was one of my favorite projects that I've ever worked on was the pop prevention campaign. We were just, like, talking to people in parking lots. It was fantastic. <laughs> and I also did a Sex on Ice, Mary on the Street, where I talked to people about Sex on Ice. So based on Fifty Shades of Grey, but on ice. So that's on my YouTube channel as well. That's Mary Grace Sopran. Check that out. I'll put a link for that as well. But yes, weed is legal in New Jersey. And now that it's legal, I can't get thrown in the clank for speaking about it. So I'm going to speak about it. And like I've said many times on my podcast, that this is my truth. So I have some stories about that dank. So... I remember I had a whole bag of gummies and I also drank so I got crossfaded. I got crossfaded. Somebody had to tell me what that meant and now I understand. And I remember I was harassing my little brother by playing elevator music. Like he would just walk around the house and I was playing elevator music behind him the entire time. And at first he thought it was funny, but then after that, not so much. But I thought it was hilarious. But also for my brother, like, he didn't even know I was high. He knew I was drinking because we were playing Monopoly. And I'm sorry, when Monopoly happens, I need something to numb the pain. Because you're going to be there for a while. And most likely, you're going to lose. Well, I'm going to lose because I don't even understand the rules. And my sister enjoys playing with me because she knows I don't know the rules. And then she takes all my houses. And my hot dog stand. The only thing that I had any pride in, she took it away from me. And I'll never forget it. But yeah, he knew I was drunk. Um, and honestly, it wasn't really surprising to him because I, I act like this all the time. Like, a, like, I'm really good at acting stupid. But it's not acting, really. So it's just stupidity. But I'm very good at it. And this is how I am. I act a fool all the time. So, he was just like, wow, this is just my sister. You know, intoxicated or not intoxicated. 
acting like like a child really so there was another time I did it and I only did it a few times that were like significant because like I said I I don't enjoy it like I'll do it if it's like a like a social thing and it's not I'm gonna do it because it's a social thing you know I'm just doing it because you know okay you know if it's free I'm with my family I'll do it but I mean I only only really did it because I haven't done it in so long so I was like yeah I'll just see you know and because the first time I did it I only took like one puff and then I was like wow okay being high is not all that whatever and I but I only did it once and then I did it another time and it was like a purple it was like purple Saturn or something it was called purple off or whatever something like that it was called and I firmly remember singing that song by Young Thug. Living my life in the beginning. Puffing on clouds, clouds in the beginning. And then we all went into the pool and I kept yelling, Mike Rinda, Mike Rinda, Mike Rinda, which is the man from the Leah Remini Scientology docuseries. That's like her sidekick. And I was saying that for probably about an hour. And speaking of Scientology, I remember I told you guys that somebody disliked my Scientology. The, I upload the podcast on YouTube and somebody disliked the one about Scientology and also gave me one star right after that episode came out. So I think it was a Scientologist. And then my sister earlier showed me that there's an L. Ron Hubbard park in elizabeth where i live and it's really close to my house so i was like they just they created that park after my podcast i got like really paranoid and i was like oh my gosh they made that park right after my podcast and that park i did my research has definitely been there since like the 1950s or something because very interesting story he moved to elizabeth and he was living here and he set up the first like foundational building for it here in Elizabeth when he started writing the book and they didn't accept his like he wanted to push it as like a medical kind of like belief that this can heal you like physically and like New Jersey denied that and they said you can't like say that you're foundation your religion can do that and they like denounced him really and said he couldn't like become a real like he wasn't accepted by the medical the medical field and then that's when he left Elizabeth and then he started the headquarters I think in Kansas City but he was pretty close to starting it here and having that become a huge thing here in Elizabeth so it's very interesting and they still have like a building here I think a mission here so really interesting but I was paranoid I was like well you know they made a park close to my house and they're gonna somebody's gonna just you know crack my back in half or something you know you know uh turn that scoliosis into finaliosis you know what I'm saying but no I'm saying you know what I'm saying no I'm saying but yeah so I'm happy that it's been there since the 50s and I don't have to worry because I mean it is what it is you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying 
if they're gonna somebody's gonna square up with me i mean we can just have a fight with words we can just speak to each other it doesn't have to get to that extent but i'm cool with everyone like you know i i joke you know i just i mean after watching some of the stuff it's what they believe is just i mean there's some very you know cultish beliefs but you know if you're in it for the right reasons and you're making this world a better place that's the boat that Leah Remini was in. She thought she was helping people. And, you know, if you're doing that or if that is your intention, I don't I don't blame you for that. But I just, it's, there's just a lot of, a lot of things wrong. And the, the people that are running it, it's just, they're looking for control and they're, they're looking for ways to you know they think by you know making this religion they're they're helping people and they're just hurting people and then people you know once you're a part of that world I can imagine it's tough to get out so talking about that on a serious note and then I have one more weed story one more weed story about the devil's lettuce so my friend found a blunt in her closet and we decided to smoke it and we went to a local park to do that and it was late at night and we were terrified and whenever we saw this was before the weed as we were smoking it we weren't even like this what these weren't even the after effects of smoking it a car was coming and we would get into like the push-up position anytime a car would come by so they wouldn't see us or hide behind trees and that just made us look more sus more suspect but any time a car would come by we would just hide really and I remember when I got home that night I ate a bunch of ice cream I laid down in my bed and I saw myself laying in my bed in third person that's that closet weed that is that closet weed because what was that? I don't know if it because it was sitting in her closet for for however long that you know like maybe it ages in time like fine wine. It aged and then we had some some extra side effects or some extra effects on there. But now I understand why it has so many nicknames. Maybe it's just because that that thing was dusty. So maybe that that dust made it more lively and made it flow into my bloodstream in this way. And I really haven't told anyone these stories except for, you know, my close friends and the people that were there for these events. I haven't told people about this. So you're like my family now. Well, we're cousins anyway. Like you are my cousin. My listeners are my cousins. So, but now this is just getting deep now. Like this podcast is, you're really getting to know me in ways where like some of my family members don't even know me in this way. It's getting real. It's getting real on this podcast. And in real life, I wouldn't just openly be speaking about this, but comedy is having me release my secrets. And comedy knows no boundaries. Do for the comedy. In real life, I would have been like, eh. Not time for my weed stories. But on the podcast, 
this stuff is happening. We're doing it live. But yes, if you're and if you're like the youth, I'm not influencing anybody to do anything. And I'm not doing this to be like, okay, wow. Yeah, she's she smoked before. Big deal. I'm not doing it to be like, yeah, I've smoked it. The devil's lettuce. It's that's not what this is about. This is just me telling my truth, telling my story. Like smoking isn't a talent and I'm not trying to frame it in that way. It just so happens that every time I've smoked, it's been an eventful time. While I'm high, while I'm up in the cloud clouds, from the beginning. And I also remember somebody bought me two tacos when I was high once and then took them away. And then I had words with them and then I got them back. And I don't know what I said to get them back, but I did. Because when it comes to food, I'm always 100% mentally there. That's just instinctual for me. So, I mean, if it was just me reading a library book while I was high, I wouldn't be speaking about it. But these things happen. And like I said, I think all stories are important and everyone's story should be told. This is my truth. And if something comes to my brain and I'm like, I should put on the podcast and then I'm like, maybe I shouldn't. I say, hey, this is my podcast. And people want the truth. This is how we grow together. And if I'm holding back then I, I'm not giving myself creative control over this podcast. So, this is what this is what you wanted but never asked for. It's like when you get socks for Christmas. You don't want them, but you need them. And without those kinds of gifts, you would be sockless in Seattle. And that's the truth. But, ooh-wee, who thought leaves could do all that? But yeah, those were just my experimental tries because I was like, you know, I want to try it. I want to know how it feels and then move on. I want to say I did it. I came, I saw, I conquered and then move on because I, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. But I said, just let me figure out. Let me just see how this is. And that's it. And then I just drink occasionally. And I don't owe that to anyone. I'm not saying that because it's like, oh, I got to. But it's just, yeah. I'm just not a big... I don't smoke, so... I mean, other than those times, that's not... Just not my bag. I got weak lungs. You know, I think that ties into why I can't run very well. I got two little... Two very small air sacs. In the chesticle region. So... Yep. The chest level... The ch chest clavicle. So got two little two little small airbags in there i think because running is just not my strong suit and then cigarette smoke i feel like i'm going to combust i'm going to just like evaporate into the ether like i literally choke and i felt like when i was a child i was going to choke to death that's what that's what it felt like to me so and it's weird because cigarette smoke i feel like that would cigarette smoke not with weed smoke sometimes i have a tough time breathing but, yeah, so, moving along, moving along. Did you see that video of that, those kayakers almost getting eaten by a whale? Like, the whale chews on them and, like, spits them out. And I thought getting stuck in the mud was, was crazy. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. I thought some, some seagulls, that, that was a sight to see. But a whale. And then there's this movie Songbird. That's coming out. And 
it's so odd. Like they started it. I, mean, I think I think July they started it. So only a few months after coronavirus, and it's so weird because it's about COVID twenty three or something like that. And it's, you know, of course, it's just like COVID, but they didn't use the real name. They use that name. And it's like you're stuck in your house. Like the government's not letting you leave in your quarantine. Like you have to stay in. And if you're sick, there's going to be consequences. Like they have like SWAT teams and people in the hazmat suits come to your house. I guess they're going to kill you or something. That's what it looks like in the movie. And people were saying it's like predictive programming. Which is the theory that the government or other higher-ups are using fictional movies or books as a mass mind control tool to make the population more accepting of planned future events. I'm just throwing that out there because it's just really interesting how that movie was able to be made and certain conspiracy theorists and videos that talk about certain conspiracies are taken off the internet immediately. And that movie was allowed to be made during coronavirus time. And I just don't understand why would they choose to make a movie like that now and then exaggerate it in the way they did to where like you wouldn't even be able to leave your house it's just interesting like what is the reasoning behind that and then it got okayed and people were funding it it's just a little sketchy and and very weird to me honestly and to make that now when you know people have died and people have family members and friends that have died from this and to make it into an action movie I think it's highly insensitive as well. And I'm not one of those people, everything is like sensitive to me. And, you know, that is just, I mean, traumatizing. And to have people relive that, I don't understand. And there's no backlash or anything. So it's just, it's very interesting to me. Because um, back in the day, and this still happens today, like the CIA has a hand in Hollywood movies. So, I mean, that's just something to think about. Because I don't understand how nobody's pushing against it yet. And if those two are connected in some way, this is all allegedly. You know, I'm just saying if if they were to be connected, that's... The movie has a very different meaning then on why it was made and why it's being put out there at this time. And also, I just see, like, a lot of celebrity involvement and celebrity endorsements when it comes to the election. And I just think that's so weird. Like, we're, like, the only country that does that. Like, all of a sudden, these celebrities care about social issues and the middle class and the poor. It's just very interesting to me. It's just really crazy how much Hollywood influences our politics here in the States. Like, Trump had Lil Pimp, Lil Pump, come out and he called him Lil Pimp. And I just see, like, a lot of celebrities also for Biden. Like, doing concert benefits. It's just, like, all very weird to me. Yeah, that's like Ken Jong-il having BTS come out. And one is North and one is South Korea. Just to clarify. But just, you know, something like that would be, like... What? Like, I remember there were rumors flying around that he allegedly had an arena filled with stray dogs that haven't eaten in like weeks and had his uncle come out there and they ate him alive. So imagine that. And then BTS coming out. Lighting it up like dynamite. 
But yeah, it's November 6th and they still don't know. And I think, honestly, personally, it's going to... It's such a close race. So, I mean, I think both sides are going to take some legal action. And I don't think we're going to know for another few weeks. And I just feel like there's like a, like a lot of goofy stuff going on on both sides. But, you know, however it ends, I just hope that... You know, every everything is done for the greater good. I really hope. But other than that, there's a bulldog that has become mayor in Kentucky. And there's not really much to say about that, but I guess I can understand how and why. Because, I mean, in Kentucky, like, what are you governing? Like, grass, cows, ducks crossing the local streets. I mean, but how is that legal? Because I joked around about the broccoli and stuff, but how? Give him some treats and belly rubs and he'll get rid of your taxes for you. First of all, that dog is so cute. I'm looking at some information about this and apparently he, he beat out a pit bull that has been the mayor for three years there. And to qualify as a mayoral candidate for the small North Kentucky town, challengers must be able to chase a rabbit from their home to Rabbit Hash Town Center within an hour. And Rabbit Hash, this is called, this is what the town's called, has been electing dogs as mayor since the 1990s. I feel like I need some more information, but I also feel like maybe that was enough information. I mean, what a year. This is 2020. This is what's happening. And you know 2020 is a bust when you can't even trust Ellen. Like, you, you, could, you would think that woman could dance her way out of any situation. Any predicament she could dance out of. Apparently not. You always gotta be suspicious of a blonde bowl haircut. And a few episodes back for my birthday episode, I spoke about what I wanted for my birthday. What my birthday wish was, and it was to... I had multiple. Um, one was to have my sister lather herself in peanut butter and do... Become peanut butter baby, but she said no. And um, almost got violent with me. But my, my my one wish, if I had one wish, it would be to get Miss Juicy to appear for my birthday. And I remember I brought up the idea of a GoFundMe. And if I got any feedback, I was going to pursue it. But I didn't get not one stitch of feedback on the Miss Juicy Baby fund. So just to give you the update on that. Before I close out, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all the love. I appreciate it. Thanks for being a loyal cousin, and I will definitely be back next week. Enjoy your day, enjoy your night, enjoy your week. Love you guys. <laughs>